Hello, everybody. I'm Bailey. And I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Happy Sunday, everybody. Hello. Hello. Um, so we are going into part two of David Parker Ray. Um, decided to break it up just because it's a pretty heavy episode. Um, just a little recap. We went over, like, David Parker Ray's, like, family history and leading up until he was pretty much discovered with, like, a victim running down the road and stuff like that. And we went over, like, what was in his toy box, which was a trailer that he turned into a torture chamber. Um, And today, we're going to get down to, like, the nitty-gritty and, like, his accomplices, which if you do remember, I had, like, mentioned, like, a few obvious players that were going to be obviously a part of it. Um, his trial, trials, sorry. Um, and yeah. All right. Sorry, I just scrolled my notes too far down. Okay. So his first and like probably his main accomplice, um, is Cynthia Sidney Lee Henley, Hetty. Um, it's not important. We can fuck up her name. No one likes her. Um, she was Ray's girlfriend and pretty much, like, his sidekick, I guess. Um, she is, like, not one of those, like, Stockholm Syndrome girls. She knew what she was doing and she is a fucked up individual. Um, before she was helping Ray drug and assault women, she was living in Seattle with her three kids um she sounds like a great mom if you guys remember of like the fight and everything before right um Mm. she moved to new mexico to avoid arrest for forgery theft and possession of drugs and i don't know the ages of her children but it pretty much sounds like she just abandoned them nice (laughs) mother of the year um so when they were caught and they were like arrested um when she was questioned she pretty much gave him up like immediately she gave additional accomplices up to in exchange for a plea deal um and and boy did she squeal um the side note snitches get stitches like she she did not give two fucks about that but whatever um, she confirmed that she enjoyed watching the torture. She had once told a friend that she would get an adrenaline rush from watching. Um, she told Ray, she said, sorry, she said Ray told her he killed a business partner from Phoenix, Billy Bowers. Um, he dumped him in a lake, but the body had been, had resubmerged and the case was open. Um, Side note, this case was solved at the time of his arrest. Um, not sure if they knew it was him, too. But. 
Um, she continued on saying that after that body was discovered, Ray learned quickly to open the stomachs up to help the body sink because that's what happened with the body re-submerging. It was all the gas and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she claimed that he disposed of many bodies in the lake and ravines south of uh, in south central New Mexico. Supposedly, he had been questioned by the FBI, but had always been clever enough to fool them. Mm. Um, she also claimed that Ray was running a sex slave ring. She confirmed he was selling women to sex traffickers and his view of women was that he owned them. Which you can't help but wonder of like how he felt about her and their dynamic of a relationship. If that's what he did i'm a little surprised with what we know about him that he even let a woman be part of yeah yeah he like trusted her enough to be involved you know what i mean maybe she was like just so into it and he liked that like attention or like that like oh this is something i'm doing right and someone likes it i don't know um also side note i could honestly like i could see him selling women to sex traffickers just because we don't besides the people that survived we don't really have bodies unfortunately so and new mexico you're kind of you're in a lot of bad areas um she confided in a friend that there were four to six people who had been killed dismembered and tossed in elephant butte lake um, her friend didn't quite believe her, but told police in an interview anyway. Who was this friend? I don't know. This also goes back to, like, when David told one of his first wives that he, uh, chained someone went up to a tree and tortured and killed her or something, and she was like, oh, well. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. someone coming up and told you all this? Like, oh, all right. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, for a reduced sentence, she provided details of Ray's uh, alleged murders. She she claimed he had fourteen victims, even though like most most of everyone thinks there's way more. Um, she then testified against Ray in court, and also pointed towards two other accomplices, who would who we'll get to next. Um, her charges were decreased from 25 years to, f- or tw- sorry, from 25 counts to five counts of conspiracy and being an accessory, pleading no context in exchange for a sentence of 36 years in t- 2000. Um, Cynthia uh, V, the one that was running down like the street and she was like the one that got found first um she told her to rotten hell at her sentencing um and sydney only served 18 of those years and was eligible for parole and got out i don't know where she is now though so rotting in hell hopefully um his next accomplice sorry that happened just as Lacey was coughing, and it was very concerned, like very weird. She um, like a I, I guess uh, his next accomplice was his daughter, uh, Jessie Ray. Which, if you remembered, she like lured yeah. 
one of the victims back to his house um on april like 20 her friend yeah i don't think they were like i don't think they were obviously i don't think they were close but they definitely like, still, knew each other yeah still a skeevy thing to do um, on April 26, she is arrested and charged with kidnapping women for sexual torture for her father. Which, another note, like, Stop. that's a very big favor to ask of a parent. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if I would do that for anyone that yeah. I loved. Um, Jesse was a drug dealer in the area. She was living with her mom and had a very rocky relationship with her father. So I don't know if she was just trying to, like, get attention from him or win his love or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she would drug the drinks of women hanging at a local bar. She claimed she never knew what was happening, but assumed the women were getting raped by her father. And just kept doing it. Cause... You know. Yeah. Um, victim Marie Parker in July 1997 was seen leaving the same bar as Jesse and another man named Roy were um, we'll get to Roy next um, she was charged with kidnapping sexual criminal sexual uh, penetration criminal sexual contact and conspiracy she was sentenced to nine years released after two and a half years with five years served on probation. Um, once we get to, like, raise sentencing and everything, it'll explain why she uh, didn't serve that much. Uh, next, we're going to Roy Yancey. Um, he was David's friend and accomplice, um, and he took place in the torture and murder of Marie Parker. She was the last victim I spoke about before we ended our first episode. Um, she was also uh, Roy's uh, former girlfriend, and she was the mother of twenty of uh, two kids. She was only twenty two at the time. Um, she was held for a couple days before Ray instructed Yancey to kill her by strangulation. Um, Yancey claimed that Ray threatened him to do it. Um, he also claimed he didn't know where Marie, um, he, he initially claimed he didn't know who Marie Parker was, even though she was a former girlfriend and they could look at that, but, um, in another interview, he went on to say that he had gone with Ray and Jesse to a saloon for what he thought was a drug deal. Um, and he claimed that Ray and Jesse went in the bar without him and then returned with Marie. They placed her in handcuffs and warned her if she talked, they'd kill her. Yancey was afraid of Ray and considered calling the police. But he didn't. Um, he knew she was being held there for three days, getting repeatedly tortured. And then they came to instruct him to strangle her when they were done with her, in air quotes. Um... Once she was dead, he said that he and David took her the body, took her body out to a remote location in the desert, rolled her down a ravine, and covered her up and just left her there. Um, Yancey was very specific about the location, but when they searched the several lo like several locations like around that area for a week, they weren't able to find the body. Um, at that point, like Yancey, like 
kind of believed that like Ray like went back at some point and moved the body so that I guess Roy could never like pin it on him. Um, he was sentenced to two consecutive 15 year sentences for kidnapping and second degree murder. Um, there wasn't enough evidence to get him on that first degree. So that's why they went with second. Um, he was released after 11 years with three months on parole, which he violated, um, and returned to prison, um, until 2021. So pretty much at this point, like everyone is talking and like implicating Ray as like the leader and like he was calling the shots, but Ray claimed that Cynthia was into rough bondage and consented. He denied everything and claimed that everyone was lying and the victims consented and were getting paid. He showed like no remorse and never even like apologized. Yeah. So hold on, it's wild to have that much evidence stacked up against you. I know that people's first defense is often, oh, they're lying, I didn't do it. But to have, like, that many witnesses and that much evidence and still be like, no, no. Everyone hates me. This is a misunderstanding, guys. I'm the good guy. They're lying. Clearly. It's a conspiracy against me. I feel like he was like, there's no other defense (laughs) that could work here. So I'm going to throw out this one and see what sticks. Yeah. 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 Um. So they went through all the tapes and diaries, which we briefly touched on last time. Um, And they believe the investigators believe that he had been involved in sexual assault since he was 15 now he was arrested at 59 giving him approximately 44 years uh to like perfect his craft if you want to call it um and they were starting to discover that he was getting away with it so long without getting caught because he targeted women of lower socioeconomic status and was drugging women which, if you remember, that one victim, she had, like, no recollection of it at all. So, people didn't even know they were victims with his drug combinations. Um, in his diaries, they found death mentioned all through it. And they had no doubt that he was a serial killer. Unfortunately, the body count was unknown because Ray had access to an entire state park with various hiding spots. Areas under, like, lock and key kept from the public. Um, Elephant Butte just to give, like, everyone, like, some back information. Elephant Butte Lake is 43 miles long and 200 feet deep and is the largest body of water in New Mexico. Um, Ray did have a boat, and they found a map of the lake in his house with just X's on it. Um, They had tried two to three full dive missions in the lake, but weren't ever able to, like, definitively link any evidence from the lake to Ray. They searched caves, wells, holes in the ground, um, believed that some victims were buried in the desert, but weren't able to, like, come up with anything. Um, FBI agents, uh, the FBI had agents up to 100 fanning out in Arizona and Texas searching for potential victims and witnesses. Um, He either killed women by feeding them a mixture of drugs that he believed caused severe memory loss and let them go, Let me, sorry, that doesn't make sense. He either killed women or fed women a mixture of drugs that he believed caused severe memory loss and then, like, let them go. 
um, which was explained in his recording. The decision was mostly based on his mood and how much the victim fought back. So Ray's trials, so he had a few, um, they decided to do a trial per victim and not loop them all together. Um, he was getting charged with a total of 37 counts. The state district judge, Neil, hold on, let me read this. What's M-E-R-T-Z? Mertz. Mertz. Okay. Um, State District Judge Neil Mertz made the decision to have Ray tried separately for each of the three victims. The first trial was March 2000 for Cynthia Virgil um, for kidnapping and sexual assault. That was postponed due to him suffering a heart attack just as the jury selection was completed. Um, After more legal delays and a number of expert witnesses from the FBI getting excluded, um, the judge decided to start a different trial for the kidnapping and torture of a Colorado woman in 1996. Uh, the judge excluded Ray's printed sheet of procedures for handling captives and all the devices found in the trailer, as no one could prove that they were there in 96. Um, but the prosecution still had the victim's testimony and the videotape. May 7, 2000, Angela um, died of pneumonia at 25. Um, Angelica was the one that uh, she had just, like, stopped by to borrow, like, cake mix or something at his house. Um, Yeah. She died of pneumonia at 25. After being held by um, David, she had become a drug addict just trying to get through the awful experience and, like, trying to, like, get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next month, June 29th, 2000, the trial began for Kelly. Um, Kelly was the one that, I believe, she was the one that was, like, yeah. She was the friend of Jesse. And she was the one identified through the videotape by the FBI from her tattoo. She was also the one that, like, had a fight with her husband the day that she went out. And mm-hmm. he didn't believe her that she was held captive. Yeah. Um, Kelly took the stand and saw David for the first time since being captive. Um, he was acting completely innocent and had a gross, smug fa- look on his face. Um after sharing her story um, during the cross-examination, she was attacked by the defense. David oh. continued to claim that she came over willingly. She had a few beers. They had consensual sex. And the sex became kinkier as she stayed longer. He claimed that he cleaned her up and sent her home at the end of it. Um, the judge ruled the videotapes irrelevant, so the jury never heard them for this trial. Um, And since Kelly couldn't remember if he even played them for her, there was, like, no, like, concrete evidence that they were even there. Judge sure is... Yeah, he's great. Tying their hands a little bit. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, They did have the videotape of Kelly, though. um, Which, 
you'd think that like oh she's tied down like she's getting tortured like it should be pretty concrete like she doesn't want to be there but the defense phrased it that she wasn't held down she can move her joints um even with restraints on um he and even though he was like beating her and being aggressive he was also touching her gently at one point so that's okay yeah you could beat the shit out of people as long as you touch them gently at some point during it yeah it's like domestic violence yeah but then kiss her on the forehead afterwards and you're fine that's that's the rule um so after two weeks of the trial the jury returned with a hung jury in july of 2000 um and don't worry they did go for a retrial um and that was supposed to begin in November that same year, but the judge died, pushing back the court date even further. Is this the judge that, like, excluded a bunch of evidence? Yeah. Oh, no. So it's like, no. Shoot. Mm. Not that judge. <laughs> um, it's so... I know the world is it's it's forever lost um so nine months from when they first tried him they were getting ready they were trying him again for kelly um the new judge did allow the voice tape being heard in court uh and kelly did take the stand again even though she was scared and nervous feeling like the first jury didn't believe her which i gotta say it's got to be like the worst feeling in the world like going through something awful and then have reliving it in detail in front of like an entire room and people going, "Mm, it's not enough. But anyway, um, April 9th, 2001, the new trial began with judge Kevin Squeezio. Oh, that's a fun name. Yeah. It's it's a Squeezio. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, so, (laughs) but that's what I'm going with. Um, The same people testified, including Kelly. She reiterated again about her abduction from the bar shortly after her marriage fell apart. She described being leashed like a dog from the larger trailer to the smaller one. Her feet were placed in stirrups and she was strapped into place. Ray began um, inserting dildos into different, of different sizes into her. Um, she had wanted to leave, she said, and she heard Ray lock and unlock the door many times, giving her nothing to eat or drink. Um, Ray's attorney then questioned why it had taken her three years to come forward with this story and pointed out the differences of her testimony from the first trial. Mm-hmm. Um, she can only explain that her memory was hazy, and that's why she the slight differences and stuff. Um, A psychotherapist, David Spencer, testified that he was treating Kelly and explained that her sleep disorders were consistent with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Along with the audio tape, the jury were able to watch the videotape again. Um, The defense called no witnesses and an expert on sadomasochistic psychology, which I didn't even think, didn't know was a thing, (laughs) Um, was disallowed. So that was fun. Um, They would have supposedly addressed the nature of the consensual sexual fantasy that played that involved the rituals Ray had used. 
Ray also wanted to speak on his own behalf, but his lawyer wouldn't allow it. Probably a great decision. Um, after only a week-long trial, the jury took only five hours to reach a verdict, and they found him guilty this time. Um, really fun thing that's probably going to piss a lot of people off is in an interview after his ruling, um, Ray said, I feel raped. I got pleasure out of a woman getting pleasure. I did what they wanted me to do. Um, while explaining this, uh, sadist tapes he had created, um, he said it was a source of entertainment for me to create these tapes. That's why, that's why they're there. There's a disclaimer at the beginning of the tape stating that this was for adults entertainment only. Don't we feel bad for him? I'm I'm confused by what he's saying. He feels that being found guilty, he feels raped. Yeah. Cuz he's still he's still claiming his innocence. Well, yeah, obviously, but like how they took the court took advantage of him. I guess. I kind of wonder if he genuinely feels like a lot of these women wanted exactly what he did to them. Do you know how there are people like that? Yeah. I don't don't think he was one of them, though. No. I I I don't think that he should get a lighter sentence or, like, gets him off the hook or anything, but just the way he's acting, I kind of feel if he's like, this is what women want, so I'm going to treat them this way because it's they want me to. No, I think that his thought is women are less than me, so I can do whatever I want to them. Yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah. I I don't think that you can think that like these people want it when he clearly is getting gratification from just the torture and someone screaming in pain. I don't yeah. think you can have both. But I'm not a uh, sadomasochist uh, psychologist, so what do I know? You're not. Uh, you know, I you know I thought about it, but it just it's a little extreme. It's hard to find jobs. Yeah, that is a very specific alley. Yeah, it's, it's a little hard. So I went with a safer job. Um, so there's always going to be sick animals. It's true. <laughs> Um, so in June 2001, his second trial began for Cynthia. He started up started up his case with claims of innocence, but within a week he reached an agreement for a plea deal. He agreed to plead, gu- plead guilty for the charges in exchange for cutting a deal for his daughter, um, Jesse. Um, in exchange, she would receive five years probation, which is why her sentence was reduced from like nine years to only two and a half with five years probation it's because of this deal from her dad it um, seems weird that he would do that yeah. for her i don't know yeah. the whole thing is weird i yeah um ray gave up his right of appealing in a deal so that uh she could be released without trial um, for the role of Kelly's abduction, and he was sentenced to a total of 224 years in prison. Uh, an FBI agent out of Virginia and a expert on criminal sexual sadism, Mariel Tool, testified that examination of Ray's home, the trailer, with all the sexual paraphernalia and drawings suggested Ray was a criminal sexual sadist. She said that there was no known therapy for Ray's sexual 
psychosexual disorder and that its corresponding behavior can be stopped only by apprehension. So pretty much that, like, he wouldn't have stopped on his own if he hadn't gotten caught. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and he was, he had such a long run, too. Like, there was nothing, no one and nothing in his life was stopping him. Need all these I feel people. like you didn't need a degree to say. Let's not, to like, let's, let's not take away Mario Tool's career achievements. analysis? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, what did Mary ever do to you? I don't know. I'm kind of grumpy. We like Mary. Save it for David. Jesus. All right, all right. God. Just coming at my expert witnesses over here. I don't trust anybody. Okay. Well, you can calm down. It's it's better now. Okay. Um, so some of the victim statements that I'm going to read a little bit. Um, both Kelly and Cynthia testified it against him. And um, Angie's mom, the one who died from pneumonia, um, her mom had done for her too um kelly and cynthia were holding hands in the courtroom kelly wished life in prison for ray a very long suffering life she thought the death penalty was too easy on him she said the sick pervert will find no friends in prison and she hopes he can be controlled and used in the same manner that she and ray's other victims had she was not a victim but a survivor Angie's mom said that her daughter had a good heart and had lost all respect, lost her smile, lost everything because of David Ray. She said that she's here for Angie and her two little boys whose lives Ray had ruined. She feels sorry for David. She said she forgives him and that her now-deceased daughter would forgive him, but she will never forget. Bertha Virgil, Cynthia's grandmom, um, told Ray that he's a poor excuse for a human being and asked him how he would like it if she did this to his daughter of what, like, what happened to Cynthia. She said her granddaughter has nightmares every night and that Ray had ruined not only her life, but her whole family's. She prays Ray will suffer every day for the rest of his life. Quote, Satan has a place for you. I hope you burn in hell forever. Cynthia said, no punishment is equal to the agony she has suffered. She's afraid of being tied down and helpless, afraid of the dark, and of going out alone. She was crying and said she hoped Ray will spend the rest of his life inside four walls and suffer the way he made her suffer. We're not done yet, but, like, that's, yeah. Um, I support her mm -hmm. once. Um, Ray was unmoved or appeared to be unmoved by uh, the victim statements. He said he had a hard time expressing himself and no one but his attorney heard his side. Um, he claimed many lives and distortions had been told during this case. So maybe that's how he feels like he was raped or I don't know. Yeah. Um, at one point, he did try to appeal his sentence, claiming that his plea had not been voluntary and that his, quote, exhausted mind was clouded by his ill health, the medications and the pressure applied by his legal counsel, which, fuck off. That's all a lie. <laughs> um, 
During a three-judge panel, they rejected this appeal, stating that Ray had been on a normal dose of medication at the time he made the deal and had not complained about undue pressure from his attorney. He also had no expert testify that the medication had confused him. So again, fuck off. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, he had two and a half years in confinement since his arrest, um, which has, which allowed him to really reflect on himself and like look into himself, Mm -hmm. um, during that Mm -hmm. time, like they all do. He read the Bible. Um, he wanted to get right, right with God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray said he had put his life in his hand um, and that he can't change the past, but he can only be sorry. That makes it better, Um, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, May 28th, 2002, he was about to be transferred into a general, a general prison population when he suffered a heart attack at 62 years old and died. No. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't even spend any time with general population. He was on his own. Yeah. So he didn't even have the opportunity for anybody to beat the shit out of him. I know. That's annoying. I know. Hopefully he's getting beat up every day now. Oh, no, he's he's in hell for sure. Spiritually beat beaten down. Yeah. Um Yeah. So that just kind of fucked up so annoying i'm so irritated by that i know it's it's literally the worst it's like really you got caught and you can't even you you've repented with god but you didn't like physically repent that's cool um so i'm gonna go into a little bit of the aftermath a little bit of like his victims and everything Mm -hmm. um his his defense attorney completely believed that the ray family did what kelly and his victims claimed they yeah so and then like after he died his defense attorney like was like yeah like i had to defend him but there was no doubt in my mind that he did some of that stuff yeah Um, i know that like people sorry i just know i know that like people give defense attorneys shit but like they have a job to do and And they have to do it it's your right to have defense and like it must really suck if you're a defense attorney and you know that you're defending a tr- like a monster, but like you have to do your best. Yeah, yeah. I it's just, really shitty to like I have get to tired of that. But people, like, I get tired of hearing people complain. Like, how do they sleep at night? Like, with that defense, like they they have to do it. It's their job. Well, in the same time, for, like, people that say that, like, how would you feel? Because not everyone that's on trial is guilty. Is guilty. Yeah. Like, we, we yeah. have hundreds of cases where people just get railroaded, and even with a good defense team, you still get, like, fucked over by the court system. Yeah. So it's it's everyone's right to have that. Right. And there are for sure some defense attorneys that I'm I'm sure don't give a fuck. If their yeah. person's guilty or not, as long as they're getting paid. But I don't think that's the majority of them. I think the majority of them understand that we have the right to an attorney and the right to a fair trial, and they want to give that to everybody. Yeah. Um, and again, so no bodies have ever been found 
no more possible victims were identified and they there was no like suspicious deaths that seemed to be like associated with Ray's case. Um, the number of women he killed is going to be forever unknown. Um, some sources say it's up into the sixties, others say thirties, but I think it, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. And he's dead and also wasn't going to talk about it probably. So, yeah. Um, Authorities are still working to connect the toy box killer to his suspected murder victims. Um, in November 2002, the state police officially opened the toy box to the public in hopes that renewed media attention might help identify victims and suspects. Um, the gyno table is still there, complete with clamps, leg extractors, like everything's still made up in the way that it was found. Um, the uh, inside of a steel cabinet had like numerous surgical instruments and it was neat as like the coffin shape that he used to terrorize and contain victims um, he kept logs showing how and what he did to each victim but obviously it was not like he was like listing the victims um, to assure, ensure that no one escaped, he had rigged an elaborate alarm system and written reminders to secure all collars and straps before leaving. Uh, in October 2011, the FBI performed a search in uh, McRae Cab Canyon near Elephant Butte Lake looking for potential victims, but found none. Um, so, I mean, even up until like 2011, they're still like looking for evidence or people cynthia founded a nonprofit called uh street safe new mexico her and her partner christine barber pay for hotel rooms for women on the street to shower and sleep they also hand out essentials including clothes and testify in court when a woman gets raped to make sure that the woman gets the last word um, cynthia said i'm not his victim i was never his victim i wish she could have known that um, Ray died eight months after his official sentencing and had only been held for two and a half years while awaiting trial and retrial. And that is the Toy Box Killer case. The very unhappy ending, unsatisfying ending of David Parker Ray. You're muted, Lacey. You know what I'm curious about is the woman who didn't remember until they told her and whose husband didn't believe her. I wonder if when everything came out publicly, if he, and like the trial started and everything and she was involved with the trial, I wonder if he was like, shit, I was really wrong. Or if he kind of doubled down and was like, I think she's lying. And I'm just curious to see, or yeah. I'm just curious about how he felt about that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I feel like, well, Bailey said that it didn't sound like their relationship was going well. So yeah. I feel like he was probably just like, I'm not interested in her stories yeah, or what is going on with her. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry to piss you off, Lacey. Lacey. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a very, it's a, it's an awful case and it's so sad how it ended because it's, there's no, there's no like, well, that sucked for everybody, but at least there's like this ending. Yeah. We don't have that here. So, I mean, cool. Cynthia's doing well. 
That's good. I think and Kelly's, her nonprofit that she started sounds mm-hmm. awesome. I think Kelly's doing well. It's a shame about Angie, who died of pneumonia from yeah. drugs. But I mean, the story could have ended differently. That would have sucked more. You didn't get all get away with it. That's yeah. true. He's dead. Yeah. We could we can hope that that heart attack really really sucked and he's he suffered for a little bit. Yeah, maybe it took a while. Maybe for a few minutes, yeah. Um Yeah. Well, thanks for that story. <laughs> I I do have a question because of the victim statements. Um would you like I mean 224 years sentenced to prison? I feel like this could have been like a death penalty case if he hadn't have pled out. Um, I think he's definitely worthy of that. Even though I could see his victim sides of being like, no, he he should stay in prison forever and suffer. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm torn there too because I feel like that's a death penalty crime. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the part of me that was mad that he died anyway because I wanted him to suffer longer. So, Although if you get the death penalty, it's not immediate anyway. That's true. My my thought process regarding the death penalty is like, I know, like, on the one hand, it feels like they're getting an easy way out. But I don't want to pay with my tax dollars for them to have because, like, jail... This is going to (laughs) sound stupid. Jail isn't that bad. (laughs) oh no oh have you, you been bed you get a bed all of your they keep you alive yeah like your basic needs are met and then some yeah they probably say jail isn't that bad they, compared they get to the tv and they get like some 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 of them like get like classes and stuff for like yeah, rehabilitation they can their degrees mm-hmm. they can graduate they can sneak cell phones in and have weird talks through toilets apparently that is a that's a netflix show didn't you tell us about something yeah yeah i think you yeah. told us about that yeah so my thought that my thought that my thought is that i would rather the people that suck i don't want to keep them alive i don't want to work and have my money taken out of my paycheck to keep them fed. Yeah. I just want them to get jumped one good time. Yeah. I <laughs> one good one. Like the day before they're going to be Well, I like the idea that like whatever whatever <laughs> they did, have it done back to them. <laughs> and then Yeah. I I'm of the belief that and I, I well you can be of that belief um, that there are some people that can be rehabilitated or can just spend mm-hmm. forever in prison. That's fine, but there is evil in this world, and we see that. Yeah, and that should not be kept alive, given a chance to escape. I don't even care about escaping. I just don't want to pay to keep them alive. I work hard for my money. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bailey. She's dancing because she's singing the song. 
I wasn't gonna sing it because I can't reach that note. Um, yeah. In um, speaking of prisons, I have a really interesting um because I'll be doing creepy places installments, kind of like how I do like ooh, sorry, um, common superstitions, and one of the places I'm looking into right now. It's in Ohio, um, but it's started off being, like, a really cool, like, reformer, reformery, reformatory. Did I say that right, Lacey? Reformatory? What are you trying to say? So I'm going to say, yeah. Reformatory. Sure. That sounds like a word. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to practice that before I actually like, tell the whole story on that episode, I guess. Um, but... They, like, set out for taking care of or, like, housing, like, low violent crimes and, like, really giving these people, like, traits to do. Like, Oh, so, like, really reform them. Yeah. And, of course, it got turned into something else and now it's one of the most haunted places, but... Ooh. Fun. Yeah. Cool. So, I think our next episode um, that will be published will be our Labor Day special. Yeah, I don't know if Lacey has anything for that. I did. I did. Oh, okay. did you? I've got, a, oh. I've got a murder for you. Ooh, mm-hmm. a double murder, actually. Ooh, yes. Okay. What does it have to do with Labor Day? It happened on Labor Day. It's not like a Labor Day themed murder, but it happened on that day. It happened at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Kind of. We'll see. We'll see. Everybody tune in on Labor Day and find out oh. about my murder. It's not happening on Labor Day, right? What, the episode? Yeah. No. Because Labor Day. And that's all you get to know. I think Labor Day is the fourth. The Labor Day special comes out on the ninth. Because we've officially started Sinister Saturdays. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to be honest with you guys and tell you that I forgot about Sinister Saturdays. You were the one that came up with it. Listen, I. There's a lot. There's a lot in my brain, and I only have room for so much. So I have to like move School's things around. Starting. Mm-hmm. Huh? School starting. Summertime. Lacey is going away. Whatever. Yeah, my memory is going to decrease over the next nine months. Does that mean her English is going to get better? Mm-hmm. We'll find out. I don't think so, <laughs> Lacey. You know, I had um, I was watching something about uh, it was like a TikTok, and I mentioned like summer reading. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still do summer reading in high school? Yeah, honors classes do. Ew. Do you mm-hmm. actually expect people to read them, or are they, like, cheating? Yeah. Week two, they're going to have an in-class essay on my summer reading, so. What was your summer reading? The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. That's not Catcher in the Rye? No, Catcher in the Rye is 10th grade. They do Catcher in the Rye and Oedipus for 10th grade summer reading. Mine's not a classic novel. It's a more recent one. Did you choose that? Mm-hmm. It was um, The Fall in Our Stars for a while. You didn't like The Fall in Our Stars? How is that a... How is that a... Su- I, no, never mind. You want them to be classic novels. They don't yeah, have to be classic novels. I could novels. spend a whole episode on this bullshit of reading The Fall in Our Stars. What, what literature lesson is that going to teach kids? We talked about characterization, theme, symbolism... You know who else does all that? Shakespeare. Get them to read some Romeo and Juliet or some Macbeth. We do Romeo and Juliet at the end of ninth grade. Macbeth is 11th grade. 
Okay, what's Beowulf or whatever? Four? That's, I think, 12. Why are you so well, mad about that? Because they can just watch the movie for that one. They can, and then they'll probably fail the test questions that have trick movie questions on them. Well, that was sinister. <laughs> and we were sarcastic. <laughs> and we hope you keep listening. Mm-hmm.